0: Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance, read, read me romance. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. I know we just had a feeling Martinez last week, but this is like our first time back since, the, since our two-week break, so it's been nice to catch up. We had to chit chat a little before and this week we have Carla Doyle with Flushing It Out and she had a little note at the bottom of her bio, which I just thought I should read first. It says Flushing It Out is a spicy, older woman, younger man, contemporary and still love in the Hope Harbor series of small town romances. So if you want that, stick around.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I like a trope mix up.
0: I know it's in it. You know what? Like it tells you exactly what you're going to get before you get into it. And what more could you possibly want? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I got an email the other day um, from this group and I messaged back because I wanted to know more information about it. And I I can't remember all the details, but the way they sent it was there was a link and it was like all their upcoming books. It was from a publisher Mm -hmm. and it was their upcoming books, things that were going to be on sale, stuff like that. And they had it broken down into tropes and you could sort of read the trope you wanted mm-hmm. and you could click and get the book. And I was like, this is, this is fantastic. I like that. <laughs> why, why don't we all mark it this way? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I thought that was pretty smart if you want to base stuff on tropes. But um, I have a new book. I haven't started it yet. I just got back from vacation. So I downloaded it. But um, it's the new Jessica Clare one. Oh, that. The it's Hex the, yeah, go. He- it's What the Hex. So it's the book two in the series. Um, the first one was great. It's got the narrator in it that I love. Um, he actually did um, From Luke Off with Love, um, the Mariana Zapata book. That's like mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorites. Um, but he has a different name under the Jessica Claire one. It's Andrew Iden, and he did What the Hex. So, and then he did, the first one was called Go Hex Yourself. So, he's doing this one, too. Um, but, yeah, I think, I can't remember what his other name is, but he has, like,
2: Multiple. he has two different names.
0: Yeah, two different names. So, but the, the narrator is just so good. So, I'm really looking forward to this next one in the series. And i never read witchy books before. That's Me like, neither. What, I've
1: never been a big witchy no, person before. No, it was one reason. of my, like,
0: least favorite things. But, you know, Jessica Clare writes some of my favorite contemporary yeah. romances, like especially yes. her cowboy books. I'm obsessed with them. Um, her Christmas ones, like they're so cozy and just perfect. And you know exactly what you're going to get. And it's great, like steamy stuff. Like the, the characters are fun. The heroines are always sassy and kind of a mess. And, you know, I just I love that about her books. And I, I know it's going to be perfect. So when I saw that she was releasing this series, I was like, oh, no, I don't know. And I was like, Leah, stop being an idiot. You're going to love it. So and I did, obviously, you know, the first one was great. So um, this second one I'm really excited about, too. It's, it looks different and fun. So and it was like it was actually it was charming and sweet. And even the witchy stuff was cute. I didn't mind it
1: at all. So she always can make I don't know how she does it. She makes everything. Adorable, in she a masculine does. way at times, still, and yeah, mm-hmm. for the men. Yeah,
0: she has a great way of making them like soft cinnamon rolls, but still like sturdy. Yeah, <laughs> don't know a better sturdy? way to descri- yeah, I don't know a better way to describe it, but I really I love her writing and her books and stuff, and I just hope she writes forever and ever. So. But um, I downloaded that. But, I, you know, we went on our spring break trip for two weeks. We went up through New England or the Northeast, basically. Um, but I didn't read or anything. I didn't work. I didn't do anything like that while I was gone just because, you know, we were with a family 24-7. <laughs> you know. Wasn't there
1: a lot of you that went?
0: No, just my me and my husband and my kids. Oh, just I the thought- four of
1: us. Oh, for some reason, I thought like a bunch of you were going.
0: No, it was just the four of us. We met friends along the way. Like, um, so um, my husband had a work conference before. And so he went up a couple of days before us. And then after his conference was over on Tuesday, me and the girls flew up. And so we met him in Philadelphia and we got a rental car. And the day we flew up, we drove like seven hours north to Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. and we stayed there for two nights and then we drove um through vermont and then we stayed in new hampshire at um this place called franconia notch it's like a, a state park and so we stayed there for a couple of nights and then we drove across maine and we stayed in bar harbor for a couple of days and then we drove down and we did let's see we did state, we did rhode island boston connecticut or Massachusetts, Boston, Connecticut, and then New Jersey. And we ended in New Jersey. So, and then we drove out to Philadelphia and then flew home. Nice. So it was, was a, a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of states. I think it was like seven states we did while we were there. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think that's right. We did. Yeah. But, anyways, we did all those states. Yeah, it was just so fun because the way we had planned out, we went to a lot of parks and stuff, but it was so fucking cold that. Really? Uh, And I wouldn't have thought this late in the spring. I mean, it was, you know, the first two weeks of April, but the high when we were in Maine was 39 degrees and it was like in the teens at night. And what was crazy to me is that everything was, all their lakes were frozen solid. Mm -hmm. There's like pictures of us with the kids on the lake, just walking around. There's people with snow machines and stuff out there. Like that's how solid these lakes still were. Like solid that
1: frozen That shocked me. <laughs> that shocked me. I was like
0: how are these still frozen? It's like April 10th. You know? Like it was 70 degrees when I left my house. What is happening?
1: We have gone up and down a lot here too. It was in the 80s the other day and then it mm-hmm. dropped down to the 30s again and yeah. Obviously that's why we have everybody's having tornadoes and shit. Yeah. But the weather's just insane lately.
0: I think it, you know, for up there, they were just like, oh, yeah, we're still in winter. They were like, nothing opens up here until the end of April, the beginning of May. So a lot of the places didn't have restaurants that were open. A lot of the parks and stuff that we went to weren't open. You know, I mean, we still saw a ton of stuff and still were able to do a lot. But a lot of the things we wanted to do weren't open. So it wasn't until really we got um, to Boston that things were like, oh, okay, we can actually do stuff here. But there's a hike we went on in the trail. Like we're walking on like packed snow, like it's been packed Mm -hmm. down. And at one point I look over and there's a bench, like like a normal wooden bench you can sit on and snow is up to the top of it. Like the back of the yeah. bench, snow is up there. And I realized I'm level with the top of this bench. That's how much snow I'm walking on. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe three feet of snow. Yeah. And I looked and I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I don't know that I'd ever been around that much snow before, just everywhere. And there's like hand railings that's on the ground. And I'm like, Oh, you're really? supposed to like hold those up
1: here. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm mean, i just surprised you've never been through. I've been there where you were driving through and the snow on the walls are bigger than Yeah, that's what we saw. It was
0: like on the side of the road. It was taller than the car. <laughs> it covered up the road signs. Like it was funny. You could see like speed limit and then, then nothing. Like, you know, you'd see a speed limit sign and it was just covered in snow. And I'd never been around like that kind of like deep snow before. And it was just, it was wild to me that it was everywhere. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? But I mean, it was, you know, it was such a cool experience. And we, you know, we had a great time taking the kids to new places. Um, They've been to 23 states now. Damn! So I know. I was like really excited about it. So we're hoping to get them to at least the continental forty-eight before they go to, before they go to college or turn eighteen or whatever. We're like, let's see if we can do it before they turn eighteen. If we can get them to all the continental states. So so far, we're doing pretty good. But I mean, it was you know it was a long time to be away from home. But yeah, I like I really missed them when they went to school on Monday. Like I was at home, you know, like doing stuff, catching up on emails, and I was calling. Kind of like, Like, it was real quiet, you know? So quiet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard, you know, being around them for so long and then not. It's tough. But, you know, oh, well, we'll get over it. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice to have, like, a thought to myself, though.
1: (laughs) I thought I'd be like, I'd come home and be like, oh, my God, just leave me alone, everybody. I need need quiet for a second. Mm
0: -hmm. But I get overstimulated. Yeah, but, I mean, I was like that. After a few minutes, I was like, Oh, nobody's here. You know, how, you know mm-hmm. what you mean. Like, it's like I want to be alone, and then the second I'm alone, I'm like, where do? everybody go? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, have you watched Love Is Blind yet? Have you watched any of it? Still no. Know? No, it's not <sighs> my thing. I heard it crashed. The live episode did. I tried to watch it, but it didn't come up for me, so I just quit. But I'm gonna try again. Maybe tonight I'll try to watch it. So it's the season finale. Who you know, let me you know, let me just say, I know you're not watched the show, so you're not invested. I cannot stand Nick Lachey.
1: I've never been able to stand like Nick Lachey. I cannot stand.
0: I have not liked him for a long time. And I thought, well, maybe I'll like his wife. She seems nice. No, she gets on my fucking nerves too. Really? Yeah, I can't stand her either. She, you know, and you you know how woman positive I am. How much I love women and I will always root hard for women, especially over men. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck men. But I feel like Vanessa like purposely like some of these girls were just on this show to make money. They were on there to get famous. And you know what? No hate, like girl get your bag, but you don't have to be a fucking cunt why you do it like yeah. to the other women you know yeah. like they were backstabbing bitchy women Jesus. and it was like Vanessa was purposely saying that these women were like t- they, they were like duped by the men and I'm like bitch that's what they're here to do like she was like dragging this one guy that I thought was like really nice and seemed super innocent And just because this other person was a girl, you know, I felt like she was like trying to like throw the guy under the bus. And I was like, no, 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 no. Did you not watch the same thing we watched? Because that girl was a bitch. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? And like for me to be so woman positive to say that, like, I don't know.
1: You know what I watched? They bother me. What? And it's amazing. And I'm dying for Friday to come. So, I get the last two episodes. What is it? The Jury. Oh,
0: okay. So tell me about this because I had a friend of mine message me. He sent me a message while we were on vacation. It was like, you have to watch this when you get home. So it's on Amazon Prime. Okay.
1: And it's, you know, I can never remember actor's name. You know, guy that played X-Men and he had the thing over his eyes. He was the other man in the notebook. He was in Hairspray. Wait, he was the other man
0: in the notebook.
1: Like, you know how when she was going to marry another guy instead of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: wait. He was. It's not Army Hammer, is it? No, no. Okay, hold on.
1: The X. You don't know who the X Man guy is?
0: I, no. You know, everybody
1: is like screaming at us right now. I, I know about don't watch
0: superhero movies.
1: Are you talking about the guy that was like, like Hugh Jackman? No, the one that had that was it with Storm, and he had to wear the red glasses because this his eyes shot out like beams.
0: I have no fucking clue
1: god damn it i don't watch superhero shit i haven't watched an x-men movie in forever james james martison is that his name i
0: don't know who the fuck that is yes hold on now i gotta look it up too
1: now i'm looking up too son of a bitch (laughs) yeah okay it's called the jury him do you recognize him Oh,
0: you know what? You should have said he was from um. What was that movie? Gossip, was he? Would you? You don't remember that movie from the nineties? Uh I don't know. I don't think I remember that one. James Marsden. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, anyways, Enchanted. That's what I know. Enchanted. Him from. That's okay, just, yeah. I, I would have got said it. That one. God <laughs> you should said. It. Yeah, should have said Disney Is, movie. Okay, um, sorry, sorry, so sorry. Go ahead.
1: So. He, the whole thing is fake only one person is doesn't this a spoiler? know no okay this is, you go in and you know the whole thing is made up except one person one juror doesn't know that it's all fake oh fuck
0: is this like a, okay, okay okay and they
1: believe this is a real trial and i'm guessing they got away with this because they said when they signed up for jury duty or whatever they're like we're actually gonna like broadcast this and make a show to show people what it's like to be on jury duty and such and such okay. right yeah that's how i'm guessing they got away with us mm-hmm. the guy that they got who to, is the one that doesn't know is like brilliant he's like is the really? sweetest Aww. like most endearing guy and mm-hmm. i'm just like the whole show but All this crazy shit is happening. Like the first episode, James comes in. He's like trying to hide who he is, and everything's set up to where they have to make it where he has to sit next to that guy. And Mm -hmm. they just get this guy to do all kinds of crazy shit. And they, James is trying to get out of doing jury duty. But one part I thought was super was endearing when he was. Someone was like, "Will you take a picture with me?" I'm sorry, and that they made the guy that doesn't know take the Mm -hmm. picture and then he's like he kind of looks up he's like oh i thought you looked familiar you were in and he starts naming x-man enchanted yeah, uh-huh. and then he's like yep yep yeah yeah whatever trying to play cool and then somebody looks over and it's like oh i thought the guy had sonic socks on you know i was in sonic too and he was like oh i heard that was that was terrible And I was like, "Oh oh, no!" It was. It reminded me of one of those very human moments where you say something,
0: and you're like, "And you're like,
1: oh shit, (laughs) that's amazing! It's so amazing!" But then he ends up. This is all of it in the very beginning. He can't get up. He stands up in jury duty, and he's like, "Well, I don't think I should be here because I could be a disturbance or whatever." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the guy, the judge is like, "Well, I don't recognize you." Sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it. I heard it was really cute. And even in the first episode, the one guy was like, Oh, the guy that doesn't know he was like mm-hmm. one guy was like how do we get out of this I have a trip with my girlfriend he was like well, you know and family guy Peter stood up and said he was racist and he got out of jury duty and so this guy stands up when it's his turn to be called and he's like oh I have a trip they're like no that doesn't count he goes well I'm racist and like the whole room <laughs> was quiet and you see the guy's face like drain oh and my he's God. like he's like <laughs> i'm sorry i don't really mean that i just i heard i, I said that mm-hmm. i could get out of jury duty and, and the judge is like who told you to say that and that guy's <gasps> sitting there like please don't oh. fucking say my name oh my please god
2: please oh my god my
1: <laughs> and then but this is the whole point you get to is james you hear him kind of call tmz on himself and photographers show up and take pictures <laughs> And then, so he thinks now he's gonna get out of jury duty.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: but because he did this, and he go, he goes in actually, and the judge is like, "No, fine, you're all being sequestered."
0: Sequ- yeah, sequestered. Yeah, yeah.
1: So they're mm-hmm. all like, "Fuck, we're sequestered now." Mm-hmm. So it's his fault, and um, and he goes in there, and James is like, "I know, it was probably some one of you that called TMZ, and you know, I'm not upset about it. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> But That's like amazing. That's just like the first few episodes, if that. And it just is a roller coaster of. That sounds really blast. fun. So I die. You were sick while while I was gone.
0: What happened?
1: I was sick for like a week. I had the head flu.
0: You sounded like someone had choked you to death.
1: I, I still have like mm-hmm. congestion and a dry cough. It was <sighs> I'm the so worst. Sorry. It was for like a week at least. It was bad. I COVID tested a few times, too, Mm -hmm. and nothing. Nope. Nope. That's what I get for leaving.
0: I leave and you get sick. This is what happens.
1: <laughs> At least you were gone, so I could just play yeah. around anyway. <laughs> You're like,
0: fuck it. I know. That would have been the perfect time. It's almost like your body knew. Like, oh, you don't have to work? Guess what, bitch? <laughs> yeah, it's time well. to take you down.
1: I'm glad I just, I'm glad because I'd gone on a trip, like a weekend trip right before mm-hmm. that, that I didn't get anybody else sick.
0: Yeah. Before
1: oh, I yeah. came back. For sure. one of them that got me sick. Probably. I I would say
0: yes. If I had to bet. (laughs) Um, oh, I have, um, I have an email I want to read if we haven't gone. No, we haven't gone too long. Okay. So I got this email. I think it was before I left, but I want to read it. Um, just so we can talk about it a little bit because I, I thought it was something we should clear up a little bit. Um, I was listening. It says, hey, Lady DJs. I was listening to an episode when you're talking about authors getting kicked off Kindle Unlimited because someone else was uploading their books to script. That's such a shame because I thought I was doing the right thing by going with script instead. Number one, I don't like Amazon. I've subscribed to Scribd instead of Kindle or Audible because I avoid Amazon as much as possible due to the way Amazon treats their workers and they don't pay their taxes. More info here. And she added a link which discusses it. Scribd is how I get my romance fix. I pay, um, it's your euros, I think, 10.99 a month for a Scribd account. And I love it. You get to listen, read as, mon- as many books or audio books as you want. However, they also have a document section, and this is where people are uploading works they're not entitled to. I'll contact them about this because they should improve their process. Three, does Scribd pay you? Their website says supporting authors. Your subscription payment allows us to pay our staff and the writers and publishers who make Scribd possible. So I wonder, how does it work on your end? Do you get paid when I read Alexa Riley in the book section of Scribd? All the best, and I'm going to say K from the UK. Yes, I joined on Patreon anyways because I love the podcast.
1: Thank you. Yes, we mm-hmm. get paid.
0: Yeah. So the script works just like um, other book retailers where whatever we load our book up to, um, it's not like um, Kindle Unlimited, you know, authors there get page per pages read. Um, when you upload wide to more retailers, you get paid per download. So anytime somebody buys our books, that's how it's done. I'm not sure how Scrib does it, with if they have a subscription like that.
1: Yeah, they have some sort of subscription. I've honestly never delved into it. Everybody yeah. else is just, just doing it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it can't be that bad if everybody else is putting their books in there. That's why, too.
0: Yeah. And, so. and this, Co- Kobo is the same way. They have a subscription that's much like Kindle Unlimited, where I think it's $10 a month for it. And you can get unlimited reads on there as well. Um, I'm not sure if they I think if they just pay per download. I think that's the, that was the old way of Amazon doing it. So I think they all still do that. So um kind of like with Apple and Barnes and Noble. But um this brought up a greater discussion too um when I was reading it. So I'm not sure about um the accounts getting taken down because of things being uploaded illegally to Scribd. I don't I don't know about that. Um a I lot know of it's that to Apple. Yeah, a lot of pirating is on Apple, but there there's also tons of pirated sites, so it's it just it's everywhere, it's rampant, and it is harder and harder for book retailers to to monitor that. I mean, it just happens like it's I don't know, and you know I don't know what the workaround is. That's That's above my pay grade. I don't know how that shit works. I just know it fucking sucks.
1: I know Amazon has a way of finding them, so there must be some kind of way.
0: Yeah, yeah. They have a way to figure it out how it's how you can upload on other retailers. Yeah, they're figuring
1: mm-hmm. all that out. So. Yeah,
0: if they know your books are on other retailers, how do they know your book's not pirated? It's a great question. I think it's because Amazon is not motivated to remove the pirated books because when the pirated people are kicked off of it, they keep the money. Mm-hmm. what motivates them to stop that they're just making money off of but not doing anything i with
1: that girl i can go into i went down an amazon rabbit hole about other private contractors working with them and some of the shit they did and yeah. how the fbi was quickly involved like mm-hmm. they are so close to the government and shit i was mm-hmm. like okay this is freaky
0: yeah this is freaky um, You know, I saw today that, um, what an author posted up, um, it is C.C. Monroe. She is very transparent. And I know that, um, in the past I've seen Frankie Love do this as well, where, um, they, she posts up her earnings for the month. Mm -hmm. So she posts up how many pages read, how many books she sold and the money she made. And I think she posted like for her thing the other day she made um like $13, I think it was for the month or something like that, maybe. um, She said when Amazon, she's like, for the year, I generally make about $5 a day is what she makes on there. So she, you know, she posts about it and it is a, it's a big conversation, you know, that she said, I wish more authors were transparent about what they make. I think it's just, I do think that there is there's um there's more to be gained in sharing this knowledge and there is like keeping it secret. I just think a lot of it is like some authors who do really well don't want to share those statistics because then they look like assholes because yeah. they make a lot of money, you know, whereas you see smaller authors that are sharing their stuff. But I think it's actually more important for the people, you know, like C. C. Monroe to share that because I feel like she's pretty popular. She's got a lot of books. You know, the fact that she only gets paid that much for her books being read, I think it sucks. Like, you know, she says she has books that are like 300 something pages. Jeez. So it's just like, yeah, it sucks that she's like, you know, it ta- it cost me between like three and $4,000 to publish a book when it's all said and done. when she puts in like the editing and covers and ads and everything else that she puts into it, it costs her around that much. And she's like, This is why I can't release rapidly. I have to save up to do a release. You know, and she was like, I don't want to say Amazon. You know, she didn't say Amazon's name because she was like, I don't want to get into trouble. Yeah. But she said, She was like, I don't think people should unsubscribe from Kindle Unlimited. She was like, That's how people find my books. She was like, and I think the program itself is amazing for people who are budgeting. She was like, I think Amazon should you like or she didn't say Amazon she was like I think the people that are running this program should pay their authors more I think they should fix how they treat their authors I don't think it's up to readers to like protest or unsubscribe or whatever it is she was like I don't know that that's going to do anything but she said I feel like it's on the Amazon basically. I don't think Amazon is going
1: to do anything because Amazon no. isn't making a profit off of Kindle Unlimited.
0: I don't know. I know. That's what I, I feel so disheartening to say that because it's like, you know, she said, you know, it's not feasible for her to go wide because she's tried pulling her books out of KU and then she makes zero dollars. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, for, for young authors starting out, it is so hard. It is, it's so incredibly hard to break into it. And, you know, I've, I've said this before, but our, our emails are always open. Our messages are always open. If you have questions, we are happy to share our knowledge. We don't have any sort of secret, you know, about this industry. That's not like that other people don't know, you know, like it's just, it's so hard to break into it and there's no perfect answer. Yeah. And, and you know, I just, I feel so bad because like I see her, I see her post this up and I see the comment section and I see other people are like I'm just publishing my first book this is really frustrating like I'm feeling the same way and it's like I don't I don't know what the answer is in publishing right now it's just it just sucks you know like you know I try to like I think that's what I love about this podcast is that, you know, we try to promote authors that we feel like need that boost, that we need that, that need that step up, that are writing these amazing books and all they need is a little nudge, you know, to like, to someone to, their audience to find them, you yeah. know, that's what I feel like, you know, we can help do because I don't know that, I mean, I don't think Amazon's the answer, but I don't know what is, you know. I don't know. Self-publishing, like, it's just, is not for the faint of heart. I think I've just come to realize that. It is not. I don't know. But that, those are my thoughts on that. I wanted to share that email too and just acknowledge that we received it. And, you know, definitely, you know, Scrib seems to be a pretty reputable site as far as like I'm aware of, but, you know, there's pirating on every site. So the best thing you can do is go to an author's website. They'll have links from there or go to the author's social media. They'll tell you where to get it. You know, if you just like Google, sometimes you're not going to get the most reputable sites that come up. So trust it that way. (laughs) So that's my only advice.
1: I forgot. Remember I was supposed to tell about Peyton. Oh, shit. Yes. Okay. Okay. All
0: right. So give me this story. I want the whole thing. All right. We (laughs) talked about this before and Mel said, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, okay.
1: Um, yeah, I had to send her the recording to listen to first because mm-hmm. I'm obviously I'm not going to play it on air because it's of a minor's voice mm-hmm. that's speaking. But I wake up the other day and I have a text message from my son. And it's this literally what it says. The school tried to call you today about a warning I got for recording the voices of a girl. My track record is ruined. That's all I'm worried about. None of the teachers are ever going to trust me again. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Nobody's gonna trust him? Yeah, like he's like he's worried about the the yeah. school. Like he got written up, like a detention or something. What? And he didn't get a detention, but that's what he was like kind of yeah. like. Yeah, okay. And I didn't see I had a missed call from the school. So I call the school and I talk to the principal. And I talk, mm-hmm. I'm talking back and forth with him, and he's like, Well, what happened was Peyton and I can't remember if I talked to Peyton first or the principal or second. I can't remember. Anyway, the girl came up to Peyton's table. They always sit mm-hmm. together. He has the same group of friends that he's always generally with. Yeah. And they even, like, share, like, buying breakfast. Like, sometimes Rob has to stop and get, like, five egg muffins. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Or whatever. And they always go in early and they hang out. Mm-hmm. He said, they don't really hang out with this girl that much. Sometimes she talks to one of his other friends. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, she came over and she sat down in front of us. And she sat in the chair right in front of me. And she was like, do you like such and such? And Peyton goes, yeah, he's fine. I like him. Mm-hmm. And he, she goes, well, then you should cover your fucking ears. Oh, shit. And, so, and co- instead of covering his ears, Peyton looks down on his phone. And just starts recording. He doesn't record her her face (laughs) or nothing. He's it's just you can hear the girl go off on this tirade about this other boy who is mentally challenged, who has lost his mother, and his father has walked out on him. And she's talking about these things in the worst kind of way. It's horrific. It was, it was horrific. Like when I've let people hear it, I'm like, when yeah. i I tell them, I'm like, listen to this video. They're like, okay. And they listen to it. Everybody's like, I did not think that was coming. No,
0: no, you sent me the video and I'll or listen to the video. And I was like,
1: afterwards, I was like, I cannot
0: believe a child, because she's a child, mm-hmm. said those horrible things about this poor boy and his mother like yeah. dying.
1: And so afterwards, Peyton. Well, actually, one of the things I do like about the video, if you listen to it, mm-hmm. his table, you can hear the background noise of the rest of the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. His table is fucking quiet. Nobody no, said a word. Not a That's
0: word. That's why you to can her. hear what she said so clearly.
1: Like, they don't laugh. No. They don't anything. Mm-hmm. It's like dead quiet. It's like, you not read the room? Yeah. There's like, the wrong bitch, table. shut the fuck up. I mean, because Peyton is on like, actually he was promoted and put on like the committee for anti-bullying mm-hmm. and is the president of that and has to do his yeah. extra activity things or whatever. So I guess something else happened with that girl later in the day. I don't know. After Peyton shared the recording with the, the teacher and he thought it was done with, but he ends up getting called down about it and they make him write out. A statement of what happened and give him a warning of what he he said was a written warning he says you know i just have to give him a written warning that you can't be recording other people's voices in the state or or in during school hours and i was like well missouri is technically a one-party state which is actually Uh really rare we mm-hmm. can record anybody. Yeah. If, especially you can record if somebody is, you don't have to tell somebody you're recording them. If you're having a conversation with them. Oh, sure. If you are a part of that conversation. uh uh-huh you do not if they're to talking do, to you if they're talking to yeah, you okay. or yeah, the group yeah. of you oh wow you yeah. can record them that's not illegal that's legal in missouri holy because we're that one state mm-hmm. now you can't record other people yeah not it has to be
0: to your to you. conversation okay. your
1: conversation that you're doing or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like well the rules are this or that and i'm kind of like okay and we get off the phone and i start to get madder and yeah
2: I don't know why
1: even though the principal was like Peyton did the right thing, but this mm-hmm. is the protocol, mm-hmm. and like I said, I started getting madder and madder, and so that, yeah, I, I yeah. like pull up the rules of the mm-hmm. school. Like, I go, start going through it, and there's just like two paragraphs, and all it says is, you can't record in the locker rooms and the restrooms. Mm-hmm. You have to use discretion, and you can't mm-hmm. record between the hours of 7.25 a.m. to 2.30, which mm-hmm. is school hours, and um, Peyton's video was taken at 7.10,
0: Oh, gotcha, bitch.
1: That <laughs> was so terrible. So I get up there and I'm like, okay, I'm not like mad, mad at the principal, but I was like, I have to make a point. Yeah. yeah. So I get out there and luckily I tell Peyton, I'm like, don't go around to where I normally pick you up. Come to the front of the school building. Mm-hmm. And he's coming around the front at the same time as this guy comes walking out and he's like, can I help you with something? Because usually people aren't the front mm-hmm. there. And I was like, oh, I'm waiting for my son, Peyton. And he's like, Peyton King? I was like, yeah. Um, I said, we're going to go on and talk to the principal. And he said, I'm the principal. I was like, oh, we just got off the phone. And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And he was like, well, what did you want to talk about? I said, well, I want to wait for Peyton to get here. Mm-hmm. And so Peyton finally comes around and we start talking about it. And I say, you know, he's like, the principal's like, Peyton, you did the right thing today. I'm sorry. That's just the rules and the protocol and that I tell Mm -hmm. Peyton and I said, Peyton, I don't care what the rules and the protocol are just because that's a rule somewhere, or that's a guideline that people are telling you under what their discretion is. That does not mean that you have to follow it. That does not mean that you have just because something is a rule that Mm -hmm. you have to follow it. If you do not believe it. And if you ever feel like you need to pull out your phone and record For the safety of others, you pull out your phone and you record. Good for you. (laughs) Were you like really proud of yourself? I I wasn't even done yet. I wasn't even done. (laughs) I was so worked up. And then I turned back to him. I said, you guys need to get your roles a lot more clear on -hmm. your recording. And I said, when you guys, because you only got these like two little paragraphs up. He's Mm -hmm. like, yes, we got to talk to the other schools and such and such. And we're get that together. And I said, that would be great. Then I, if you could send that over to me so I can see that and then I can have my lawyer, such and such, who you probably know because he used to be on the school board. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being an ass at this
0: point. I know, right? Because this
1: lawyer, he really used to be like a main guy on the school board. and He retired yeah. last year. Yeah. And I was like, and I'll send it over to him and have him look it over and everything. Yeah. And then I told Peyton right before I walked, away, I can't even believe I said this. I said, Peyton, sometimes you just got to fucking throw the tea into the harbor. Yep, I love it. And I said, let's go. (laughs) But I haven't heard from the principal. (laughs) Oh,
0: you won't hear back. You won't hear back. You're not going to hear anything about that. So, like, I cannot believe that this kid, your child, who is, like, the perfect student, you know who is heading up this anti bullying campaign who is always so sweet and compassionate and has always been such a good kid that, i know it's, that they would that they would put him in trouble for this
1: and i told him that i said you know
0: this a lot of times
1: i said with sometimes you'll be in a group of people and when somebody says something inappropriate I said a lot of times it'll be a male mm-hmm. and it'll make a female at the table feel uncomfortable. You should stand up for them. You should mm-hmm. be the voice. That is the correct thing to do. Yeah,
2: that's mm-hmm. always
1: the correct thing to do. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, what happened to the kid that said all this shit? I have no idea. Um, oh he said that she thinks she got in school suspension for a few days. He said she he only saw her once, and she walked past him and glared, but they were kind of at a distance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, you better tell her if she says anything to you that you're not the fucking one." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of got mad, and I was still kind of worked. On. My dad had to work me down a little bit because mm-hmm. I was like, he had to write out a witness statement and sign it. What? Yeah, and I was like, "Wait a second! Wait a second! What do you sign? Nothing." Yeah, and mm-hmm. then, he's a uh, minor; he's signing <laughs> shit. And then. So maybe I did go overboard because, you know, I've always told them, you don't talk to the police. Yeah. You don't, even if you're a witness to something, you do not talk to the police. Mm-hmm. You call me. But I, t- that day after that, I put both of our lawyers' phone numbers, you know, because we. You- were we do have a retainer lawyer yeah mm-hmm. and if you call one they don't answer you call the other one mm-hmm. so I put both of them in there <laughs> I was like and you call you if you can't get a hold of me you call this mm-hmm. all right especially to Isabel because she's about to be 18 they're not gonna let like, you yeah. call your mommy no I said you call one of these lawyers if I put lawyer on there and you mm-hmm. say I'm Isabel from the King family mm-hmm. and there you go <laughs> nobody's talking to nobody around here
0: you don't trust nobody you trust don't the cops. To
1: nobody you don't sign shit
0: <laughs> i just can't believe they made him sign something he's a child what the fuck oh my god it just like you know i'm not even surprised that you know someone is capable of saying those horrific things and thinking that it's funny like i'm not even surprised by that but, I'm
1: proud that he went and stood up for the kid. Yeah, and told I am too. That this girl I'm, is running her mouth like that. And you know, I think it
0: says a lot that nobody at the table was laughing either, and you know, joining in on it.
1: I thought it was ballsy. I was like, you went up and said that in front of Peyton. Mm. I know my dad was like, there's certain shit I won't even say in front of Peyton. Mm. <laughs> oh, He's such a sweetheart, trouble. I know. <laughs> He's such a
0: sweet kid. He really is. He's got such a good heart. Oh. I love him. Mm.
1: But there you go.
0: There you go. That that's your story for today. So be be the good kid that records and fuck the man.
1: Fuck the man. <laughs> fuck Put the your man. kids on notice. Yeah, they don't gotta talk. They don't gotta talk to the principal. Mm-mm. They that's don't. Right. You could be like, call my mom, and then we can all have a discussion.
0: <laughs> like I'll wait for Peyton. <laughs> oh my god okay i think we've caught up enough for for a little bit i know i'm so sorry i like ran my mouth forever too earlier but um so this week i know you guys are here for carla doyle we have fleshing it out um fleshing it out is set in carla's fictional small town of hope harbor there are currently eight books in this connected series with more on the way this year Each story in Carla's Hope Harbor series is a standalone romance, but you'll visit many of the same places from book to book, and there are characters and cameos, too. There's no reading order to this series, but if you're looking for a good place to start, um, you can get started at Carla's suggested Dad Bod Wingman, a steamy, affordable, uh, sorry, steamy, adorable, friends-to-lovers romance. In addition to writing contemporary romances, Carla also writes monster romances, her new release on April 18th is a spicy beast romance called Once Upon a Beast. If you like non-human Which heroes. I picked that up after reading that book bio. A hundred percent. If you like non-human heroes with monster pain, cross species, mating, claiming, biting, marking, and nodding, you're going to love Once Upon a Beast. It's available now on Amazon, Kindle Limited, and in paperback. Carla loves connecting with romance readers, so hop over to her Facebook and send her a friend request. And while you're there, join her romance reader group, Bookworms and Book Boyfriends, which is an adorable name for a Facebook group. I love that so much. Um, Her giveaway this week is a chance to win a $15 Amazon gift card if you subscribe to her newsletter. That's all you got to do. So subscribe and get in. So I guess we're just going to give you this whole ass book. All right. Let's
1: send them in. Let's do it. See you guys on the other side. Bye.
2: This is flushing It Out by Carla Doyle. Read for you by Veronica Fox. Chapter One. Laura. I never thought I'd miss the sound of video games. But the silence is deafening since my son moved out. So I'm becoming a landlady. Seth's new coworker needs a short term rental, and honestly, I'm looking forward to noise in the house again. I lean on the porch railing, my welcoming motherly smile in place, until my new tenant steps out of his car. My 25 year old son is still growing into manhood. His other coworkers are much the same. Not the one looking at me. This man is exactly that. A man. Tall, dark, and handsome as they come. Gawking isn't appropriate with a man 15 years my junior, but good lord. The stairs groan beneath his feet. The porch is plenty solid, but so is he. My stairs aren't the only thing that groan beneath him. Hudson and Dina he says. That voice, so deep, a bit rough, like the five o'clock shadow on his strong jaw. Sparks ripple through me the instant I accept his handshake, each pump causing a tug between my legs. Sorry for staring. I expected someone who looks like Seth and the other boys. No, the other young men. I need to start thinking of Seth's friends as men. Hudson's eyebrows rise. That didn't come out the way I intended. I'm not a cougar. Not that there's anything wrong with a mature woman getting involved with a younger man. Shit, now he probably thinks I'm hitting on him. You'd never know I'm a person who makes a living from words. His dark eyes twinkle. Seth mentioned you're an author. I am. Given the rambling mess I've made of this conversation, I'm not elaborating on what I write. Hudson's manliness is to blame. I expected someone who reminded me of my son, not someone who could star in my late-night fantasies. Want help with your things? I reclaimed my hand before having my first handshake-induced orgasm. No, I only brought clothes. Seth said you'd be okay with me setting up workout equipment, but I didn't want to overstep. Workout equipment? I thought you'd want to set up your PlayStation, since you work with the other gamers. Not my thing. I'd rather do something physical. So would I. With him. My mind is full of physical things we could do. He tracks my hand as I fidget with the button on my t-shirt near my cleavage. What about you? I prefer to be active when I'm not working. I don't want to end up with writer's ass. He smiles, and oh, it's a nice one then cocks his head to check out my backside. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I laugh because it's the easiest response. But did he just flirt with me? Maybe he's just a flirty guy. I'm a youthful 45, but he's 30. He gave me a compliment, not a pickup line. Let's go inside. I'll show you where everything is. Sounds good. He shakes his head when I motion him toward the front door. Ladies first, Laura, always. Sex-deprived me likes the sound of that. My vibrator's in for a workout tonight. I lead him through the house, pointing out the obvious things. The only full washroom is upstairs. If you tell me your schedule, I'll make sure not to hold you up in the morning. I'm flexible. I'll fit in whenever works best for you. Oh, I bet he's flexible. As for fitting him in, morning, noon, and night works for me. Good lord, I need sex. For now, I need to focus on being the nice landlady. If you need anything, I'll probably be in here. I say as we enter the final room on the main floor. And the empty den was Seth's gaming room. You can use it for your exercise equipment. You're sure you don't mind? Not at all. I won't get the familiar sounds of video games, but at least the house won't feel empty. I'll show you your bedroom. And the rent is inclusive, so help yourself to anything you want. His lips curve into a smile that initiates a longing tug between my legs. Am I sex-starved? Definitely. But I'm not desperate, delusional, or decrepit. I know a filthy-minded smile when I see one. I thought my tenant would be a pseudo-son, not even close. He's going to be inspiration for my next romance novel instead. Hudson. Laura told me to make myself at home. Is it too soon to do that in the take-my-dick-out sense? Because I'd like to, especially after following her up the stairs. That ass, fucking hot. When I asked the guys in my new office if anyone knew of a decent short-term rental, Seth's hand shot up. He's quiet and works hard. A good guy. Hence, why I took his words at face value. My mom's pretty cool for her age and the house is clean. I expected somebody interchangeable with my mother. Not even close. Laura is a fox. The kind of woman who'd turn my head no matter where I saw her. Yes. It would have been weird if he'd described his mother as hot, but you'd think one of the other guys would have clued me in since they've all met Laura. It's possible they haven't noticed. Based on their endless conversations about video games, screens get all their attention. I peel off my t-shirt and shove my shorts down. My dick demands attention, so I wrap my fist around it, picturing the heat in Laura's eyes when she checked me out on the porch, The way her lips parted and the tip of her tongue slid across her bottom lip. Does she sigh when kissed or moan? Does she like having her mouth fucked when she's on her knees? Or would she prefer to be in control? Eyes closed, I stroke faster. Pretend it's her lips wrapped around me and that she's eagerly taking every inch. She's ready to swallow my load, but I need to spread her legs and bury my face until she's coming on my tongue, begging me to... Hudson? Laura's voice accompanies a light knock. Fuck. Just a sec. I whip my shorts into place and do my best to look casual while opening the door. Hey. Pink floods her face as she ogles my bare chest and the rock-hard salute of my dick, tensing my shorts. What's up? I raise my eyebrows when her gaze meets mine. I'm not the only one caught in the act here and I wink to let her know I don't mind having her eyes on my prize. Clean towels are in the closet. Perfect. I brace my palms against the doorframe, giving my muscles extra flex when her attention shifts to my biceps. Think I'll grab a shower now, if that's okay. Of course. Enjoy more of that gorgeous blush tints her cheeks as she realizes the implication of her final word and its relativity to the raging hard-on pointed in her direction. I'll do that. I'm going to enjoy it until my eyes roll back in my head. The smile I give her lets her know it too. Hey, Laura, I say as she turns. She pauses, looks at me over her shoulder. Yes? If you don't have plans, I'd like to take you to dinner. That's not necessary. I didn't ask out of obligation. I want to take you out, if you're interested. She takes a beat, then nods. I am. Great, I won't be long. Her gaze drops to the front of my shorts again, and this time it's her eyebrows that rise. She doesn't say a word, just gives me a smile before disappearing behind her bedroom door. Doesn't matter if I take care of business in the shower. I'm gonna be hard again as soon as I see her. This temporary living arrangement is nothing like I expected. Because she's nothing like I expected. Chapter 2 Laura Standing before my closet, it's as if I'm in a movie, with an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. Choose something appropriate, whispers the angel. Casual pants and a shirt. Wear a skimpy dress, screams the devil. You know you want to. I reach for a shirt, but my hand veers to a cherry red sundress. The devil's right. I want to look sexy. Hudson is my tenant. He invited me to join him for a meal. My logical brain knows it's not a date. The part of my brain that has written nearly fifty romance books thinks, but it could become a date. My muse refuses to be turned off, and Hudson's arrival has certainly turned her on. Seeing him shirtless and sporting a very obvious hard on, how could I not be aroused? I don't know what he was doing in there, but I doubt he got that tent pole from unpacking. He's either perpetually horny or the sparks between us affected him. Maybe he has a thing for older women. Some men do, and I'm not a shriveled shrew. I need some release before we're together in close proximity. I settle on the bed, pinching my nipple while rubbing my clit. A few seconds is all it takes to get close, but I don't want it to be over this quickly. I grab my vibrating dildo, nestle its head in place then slide it deep while rubbing my clit. White flashes behind my eyelids as I come. I should be satisfied, but the tingle is still there. I roll onto my stomach and grind against my hand, riding out a second orgasm. Thumping from Hudson's room reverberates through the wall, dresser drawers closing probably, meaning I need to get ready. Downstairs, Hudson is surveying the den. A t-shirt stretches across his wide back, shoulders, and biceps. His forearms are the stuff of fantasies, and his khakis hug his butt like a loving caress. Thinking about where to put things? I ask. His gaze skates over my body, and when he meets my eyes, his glint with heat. That's exactly what I'm thinking about. I'm not imagining it. There's definitely mutual attraction. The devil on my shoulder rubs its hands together. We're having sex tonight. The angel on the other side gasps and clutches its pearls. We cannot have intercourse with this man. If this evening goes well, I'm giving the devil permission to stuff a ball gag in the angel's mouth. My dry spell has lasted too long. If Hudson wants to flood my desert, The angel on my shoulder can go to hell. Hands in his pockets, Hudson walks toward me, his dark eyed gaze locked with mine. Even in heels, I have to tip my chin up to maintain eye contact once he's in my personal space. Does profanity offend you, Laura? Not one fucking bit. My panties practically disintegrate when his lips curve into a wicked smile. In that case, I'll tell you. You're sexy as fuck. Hope that's not too forward. Not when you say it. Good. Ready to go, he asks. I'm ready for whatever you want. Let's start with dinner. Eyes twinkling, he places a palm at the small of my back, then leans in close. You can let me know what you want for dessert later. Hudson. The sounds from earlier keep replaying in my mind. When I heard Laura moaning in the next room, fuck, ear pressed to the wall, I stroked my dick until my elbow thudded against the drywall. I haven't attempted to hide my interest. I like her easygoing personality, her warm eyes and wide smile when she laughs, her sexy closed mouth smile when I say something suggestive. Yeah, I like everything. She suggested we walk to dinner, but I wanted the opportunity to open her car door, to take her hand, and that simple touch was electric. She felt it too. I saw it in her eyes, heard it in her soft gasp. My need to get her naked is unlike anything I've felt before, but it'll have to wait. I want to know all about this woman who's turned me inside out in a matter of hours. Tell me about your books, I say once the waiter's gone. She arches an eyebrow while toying with the stem of her wine glass. What did Seth tell you? Just that you're an author and spend most of your time writing. Amusement plays across her face and she nods. He's embarrassed by my work. Being an author has to be one of the coolest professions around. Why would he be embarrassed? I don't write books he'd want anyone to read. I'm a romance author. Romance books are pretty popular, aren't they? Very, but mine aren't chaste. Her lucky glass gets to feel the press of her lips as she takes a swallow of Chardonnay. Seth would rather nobody knows the inner workings of his mother's filthy mind. All blood not required to keep me alive is now headed to my dick. Then I'll be sure not to mention your books after I've enjoyed them. Heads turn in our direction at the sound of her laughter. You have a great laugh, I say, leaning in. I'm enjoying using it. Thank you for tonight. I'm about to make my move when a man approaches our table. Laura, Shelly and I heard your laugh from three tables over. How lucky for you and Shelly. Laura maintains a smile, but there's unmistakable bite in her tone. I straighten in my chair, shifting to ensure the guy sees the width of my shoulders and the warning in my eyes. Hudson Andino, the lucky man who gets to hear Laura's laughter up close and personal, all night long. Lance Swan, he says, accepting the hand I've extended and giving an assertive squeeze the man who was up close and personal with Laura for 22 years. Until I stumbled upon the let's get a hotel room after the office Christmas party messages between you and your 26-year-old co-worker, Laura says. Stop trying to be the big dog in a yard you don't own anymore. My assistance not required. I sit back and watch my gorgeous date put her ex in his place. And this puppy owns it now? Lance boldly, stupidly, points at me. Laura swats his hand before I have an opportunity to grab it and bring the idiot to his knees. I own my yard, Lance, and I'll let whomever I want in it. Fuck, she's sexy when she's fired up. Lancey boy looks as if his head might pop off. That's why you're dressed like you wish you were 30 and drawing attention to yourself to put me in my place. Yes, that's exactly it. Three years post-divorce, everything I do is about you. She reclines and waves him off. Go back to your table. If you and your trophy wife can't handle that I'm having a good time, you can leave. Lance doesn't take the suggestion, turning his focus on me instead. You're Seth's friend. Coworker. He seems like a nice kid. Kid, you're only five years older. I had him fill me in on all your details before I let you move in. Before you let him move in? Now it's Laura's angry raised voice turning heads, not her beautiful laugh. I stand, invading Lance's personal space. I'm going to say this once, politely. You need to shut up and fuck off. You think telling me to shut up and fuck off is polite? Compared to making you? Yes. Lance makes the wise choice and walks away. But I don't move until he's seated. Sitting, I take Laura's hand. Sorry for overstepping. You're obviously a woman who doesn't need a man to rescue her. Thank you. And yes, I can take care of myself. I won't lie, though. I loved the novelty of a big, strong man jumping up to protect me. It shouldn't be a novelty. The man in your life should always be ready and willing to defend you, in whatever way necessary. I grin when her eyebrows rise. That's right. I just appointed myself the man in your life. Her laugh is lighter than the summer breeze. I suppose you get the title by default, since I'll see you every day for the next while. Have you looked at any houses yet? I let her default comment slide. Now's the wrong time to push for more with a woman I've only known a few hours. But there will be more. I felt the click the minute we met. I've seen two. The first didn't interest me and the second was sold before I got my offer in. My realtor suggested I look in Simcoe, but I want to be on the water, or close enough to walk to it. Like your place is. She nods. There's never much for sale here during the summer. If you can stand living with me until tourist season ends, you'll have more options. Staying with you won't be a hardship. But I will be hard all the damn time. Your ex is an idiot, by the way. Any man who cheats is a douchebag, but a man who cheat on a beautiful, intelligent woman like you has to be the stupidest asshole around. Lance would tell you he didn't cheat, that he was flattered by the attention of a 26-year-old, but they were only texting. I'm glad you didn't fall for that. Doesn't matter if his dick was involved. He broke his commitment, and that's cheating. It's refreshing to hear that from a man. We're not all dogs who stray. Some of us are loyal. Sunlight bounces off her hair as she smiles and shakes her head. You're either one hell of a catch or a very smooth bullshitter. Choose door number one. and You won't be disappointed. She picks up her glass, surveying me over the rim before draining the remaining wine. You're going to have a lineup outside that door. There aren't many available houses in town, but there are plenty of single women. Not interested in a lineup. I'm a one-woman man. Then she'll be a lucky young woman when you find her. She gives me a tight-lipped smile. Excuse me while I use the ladies' room. Unless you want dessert, I'm ready to go. I rise, because a real man stands when a woman does. And the position gives me a great view of her body as she walks. I watch until she's inside the building. Then there's something I need to do lance stiffens as i approach his wife smiles at me clearly oblivious to what happened when lance left their table earlier i don't do false pleasantries so i ignore her and focus on lance you're never to speak to laura that way again what she wears how loud she laughs who she spends time with or anything else about her are none of your business keep your jealous shit to yourself I'm not jealous, he barks with contempt. Lance? Shelley glances back and forth between us. Who is this and what is he talking about? I'm the man who's going to treat Laura the way she deserves and satisfy her in ways your husband never did. Now I smile at Lance's gape-mouthed wife. Better keep your wandering dog on a leash. Back at our table, Laura's cheekily silent while I pay the check. Apparently, I can't leave you alone. I'd rather you didn't, here or at home. I span her lower back with my palm and guide her toward the door. Dare I ask why you were at their table? Just reminding Lance that he's out of your life, and I'm going to fill every hole he left in bigger, better ways. A beautiful, carefree laugh burst from her smiling mouth. You didn't say that. Not exactly. Oh, good. But I did say I'm going to satisfy you in all the ways he never did. He didn't look happy about it. Safe to say he still has feelings for you. Maybe so. But his expression was probably about his feelings of inadequacy in the satisfaction department. He couldn't get it up. It went up. He just didn't want to do much with it. He's a front door only guy with no stops downtown and no interest in taking the back route. She laughs as we reach the car. I can't believe I'm telling you this. I bracket her between my arms and the door. I can't believe any heterosexual male wouldn't want to enjoy every single inch of you over and over with his hands, tongue, and cock, because I sure as hell do. Hudson, her voice is low and breathy as she flattens her palms on my chest, sending a jolt straight to my dick. As much as I want to take you up on that very tempting offer, I can't. Because of your ex. Indirectly, Hope Harbor is a small town I'm not going to be the talk of it the way Lance was when he went public with a girlfriend young enough to be his daughter. I'm not interested in being tagged as a rebound cougar. Maybe it's a dick move, but I hold my ground when she applies pressure to my chest. It's a completely different situation. We're single, mature, consenting adults with 15 years between us. That's nothing at our ages. Unless you're a 45-year-old woman and everyone's gossiping about the time you were banging a 30-year-old while he rented a room in your house. So, you're anticipating the fallout from a breakup before I've kissed you on our first date. I'm focusing on self-preservation. When she presses my chest again, I drop my hands to my sides and step back. Sounds like your mind is made up. It is. We were never meant to go on a date. You're not what I expected, and I indulged in a couple hours of what-if fantasy, but I need to be sensible. You're my tenant. That's all our relationship can be. like hell, but this isn't the time or place to show her what we can be. What I know in my gut, we will be. I'll take her home, say goodnight without kissing her, without touching her, for now but not forever chapter 3 Laura metal clinking carries from two rooms over as Hudson racks the barbell above his weight bench after 2 weeks i know the sound well i can visualize the activity i close my eyes and picture him shirtless lying on his back Muscular thighs parted, the knob of his cock visible through his shorts, his broad chest rising and falling. Yes, I'm working from memory. Yes, I've ogled him while he worked out. No, I'm not ashamed. Yes, I'm hornier than ever before. Metal clinks again, pulling me from my visualization. Heavy exhaling becomes grunting. I've heard more masculine grunting in the past 14 days than in my 22 years with Lance. My ex-husband didn't exert himself during sports, chores, nor in our bedroom. I was 18 and green as a spring day when we met. Lance was 21, and I believed myself the luckiest girl in town. He was my first lover. I accepted everything he did and didn't do as the norm, When our bland beginner sex resulted in an accidental pregnancy, he proposed immediately. After Seth was born, Lance encouraged me to be a stay-at-home mother, raising our son and dabbling at that writing hobby. Life was idyllic, aside from our unsatisfying once-a-week sex. That's what secret vibrators and midday masturbation are for, right? My husband loved me. What else could matter? Then I hit my 30s. My desire to write coming-of-age stories with tender kisses waned as my libido hit overdrive. I took on a pseudonym, dipped my toes into adult romance, and fell in love with steamy sex scenes. My backlist of dirty books grew. So did my bank account. Readers sent emails thanking me for jumpstarting their love lives, and I felt like the world's biggest fraud. How could I accept praise for my scorching sex scenes when no matter what I tried, I couldn't convince my husband to try anything new? Still, I was content. I assumed Lance felt the same way since he controlled the map of our lives. Until the day I used his tablet while mine updated, and I saw him exchanging messages with Shelley right before my eyes. Sinking across devices isn't a good idea if you're making plans to screw someone other than your wife. Maybe it's unrealistic, expecting reality to deliver the equivalent of fictional men. Someone handsome, hard-bodied, take-charge, but also sensitive. Intelligent enough to hold a conversation, make me laugh, treat me with respect. But who also wants to fuck me like a bad girl? My fantasy man is two rooms over. If only he were closer to my age. It's easy to forget he's 30, that I've only known him a couple of weeks. His manly grunts continue in the other room. I can't concentrate on writing this narrative scene while he's making those sounds. Hands on the keyboard, I green light my muse. She wants to write sex, so I write it. Page after page of sex, so deliciously filthy. My body is buzzing. It's the aroma from the kitchen that snaps me from my trance. I look up and find him watching. He's leaning against the archway, muscular arms crossed over his shirtless chest, smiling, smoldering. With the state I'm in from writing a hot and heavy sex scene, it's a miracle I don't lunge across the room, drop to my knees, and suck every drop of smolder he's got. You're cooking? I ask instead, but I can't resist cocking an eyebrow and adding, since you're not wearing a shirt, again, I hope you're not using grease that could splatter. He might as well be zapping me with a remote-controlled vibrator when he chuckles. Pineapple chicken with rice pilaf. No grease involved. Sounds great. Let me save and close my file, then I'll help. He shakes his head. You make dinner nearly every night. I'm overdue for a turn. Plus, you're on a roll over there. Sometimes I get in a groove. I noticed. He pushes away from the wall, winking before returning to the kitchen. There's no way I can continue writing an anal sex scene starring a tall, dark-haired man when my inspiration is within earshot and apparently tuned into the sound of my clicking keys. I head toward the kitchen, where my bottom lip nearly hits the floor. Oh, my God. Forget chicken. I'm having buns for dinner. Firm, round, squeezable buns. Hudson turns toward me, and I force my gaze from the front of his white boxer briefs. But it's hard, because all I'm thinking about is how hard it could be. My desk faces the room. Sitting behind my oversized monitor, I'd only had a view of Hudson from his chiseled chest up. Now, I see the outline of something mouthwateringly long and thick. You're in your underwear. Would you rather I wasn't? He asks, hooking his fingers under the waistband yes. I mean, no. Oh my God, there's no right answer. Yeah, there is. Tell me you want them off. Smolder still firmly in place, he draws the white fabric down until it catches on the head of his cock. Given its size, that's not far. I can't say that. The angel on my shoulder gives me a good girl pat while the devil wails in disappointment. Me too, little devil, me too. All right. He snaps the waistband back into place, returns to the business of cooking as if this isn't the least bit unusual. I should take the olive branch or whatever this is, but my turned on from reading sex self is too discombobulated. You're cooking in a pair of leaves nothing to the imagination underwear, and all you have to say is, all right? He sets the spatula on a spoon rest, then moves toward me with the presence of a jungle cat. You said you can't tell me to take off my boxers. Not that you want me to leave them on. Same thing. My voice is inappropriately breathy, but he's so close, it's a miracle I can breathe at all. He shakes his head. Two very different things, and you know it. I want to be with you in every imaginable way, Laura. Have since the minute I met you. The door's open, but I won't push you through it. When you're ready, you'll let me know. I love that he respects my boundaries. Right now, though, I wish he'd disrespect them just a little because I can't invite him through that open door, no matter how much I want to. I told you why we can't act on our physical attraction. And there's that word, can't, again. His wink ignites a frenzy of sparks, then he gently cups my face. Forget can't for a minute. There's a connection between us. I know you feel it. How do you know? Because of the connection. I can't help laughing at his cheekiness and grin. And when he threads his fingers through my hair, I lean into his touch. Don't you want to see where this could go? One word would nip this thing in the bud. It's not the word I say. Yes, but wanting to doesn't mean I can. See, I didn't say can't this time. It's a shitty attempt at a joke, barely deserving the half-assed smile it nets. How long until dinner? Do I have time to pop out for a bottle of wine? I picked some up earlier. It's in the fridge. Great, I say, when it's the opposite. That errand would have given me time to regroup, to fortify myself against this thoughtful, sexy man who's taken up residence in my heart. I'll pour some while you finish with dinner. He wraps his arm around my waist when I try to move away. Do something for me. Get you a pair of pants? He pulls me tighter, his easygoing smile loosening the knot in my chest. Hell no. That'd make it easier for you to fight what's happening between us. He presses his lips to my hair, then strokes my cheek before moving away to tend dinner. I'm looking at a house tomorrow. I'd like you to go along. Give your opinion. That's the thing you want me to do? Glancing over his shoulder, he nods. If you have time. I know you're on a deadline. Of course. I'll go. The end to perpetually yearning for someone I can't have may be in sight. This should be good news, yet my stomach is in knots and pressure is building behind my eyes. How exciting! Hoping so. Broad back to me, he turns off the stove, then serves food onto two plates. Ready when you are, he says, carrying our dinner to the table. I duck into the fridge for the wine. I'm expecting white because it's chilling. I'm not expecting to find a bottle of my favorite Chardonnay with a handwritten note tinted over the neck. Every time I drink this, I picture you in that red dress, smiling and laughing the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, the one I can't wait to look at across the dinner table every night. I know it's wrong, but I hope the house he views tomorrow is terrible, or already sold by the time we get there. I can't have everything I want with Hudson, but I'm not ready for him to move on. The trouble is, I don't know if I ever will be, Chapter 4, Hudson. I know she wanted me to kiss her. In the kitchen, at the table, where our bare knees touched. On the couch, her hand casually brushing my quadriceps, making my cock hard as fuck. Most guys would have made a move. I need her to invite me through that door I've kicked open kissing her once, fucking her once, won't be enough. It'll happen. Until it does, I'm in erotic purgatory. Every night, my dick is hard before she reaches the end of her I'm heading to bed statement. The dick knows. Doesn't matter whether what time it is or what I'm doing. I'm right behind her. Because Laura doesn't go to sleep right away. Not until she's had a few orgasms in the room beside mine. Pretty sure she's unaware I can hear the buzz of her vibrator. Every hitch in her breath. Every moan as she's fucking herself with the dildo she accidentally left in the bathroom one day. Every softly panted plea when she comes. Over and over. Every fucking night including now. Tonight must have really gotten to her too, because she's already come three times, and she's still going, louder than normal. Tonight, it's not just the hum of her voice, it's words. All the way in my ass. Jesus, is she fucking herself in the ass with that thing? I stroke myself faster, fire racing up from my balls as she moans on the other side of the wall. I clamp down on the face cloth in my mouth, fighting my desperate need to unload, until I hear her make that special sound. Her sound. My sound. Because it's for me. About me. The sound she's making now. The wadded terrycloth absorbs my groan as I coat my pumping fist. I lie there, chest heaving as I catch my breath. One of these nights, she's going to invite me in. When we come together, I'll be inside her. I reach for the towel beside my bed. Not there. Fuck, where is it? I flick on the bedside lamp, glance around the room. No towel anywhere. She must have taken it when she did laundry. Shit. I remove the pillowcase and take care of the mess, then pull on boxers, open the door, and run smack into Laura. Sorry. My hands find her waist. Fuck it. I'm not sorry. I say, tugging her against me and claiming her mouth the way I've wanted to do for two long, hard dick weeks. She gasps against my lips, then opens. Whatever toy she just used thuds to the floor as she wraps her arms around my neck and crushes her body against mine. Doesn't matter that I just came. I'm hard again. I palm her ass, slide my fingers beneath the top edge of whatever tiny panties she's not going to be wearing for long. I groan at the slickness in the valley of her perfect peach. Fuck, sweetheart, is that lube You were fucking yourself in the ass in there, weren't you? You could hear me? I hear you every night. She inhales sharply as she backs out of my arms. Oh my god, do you know what that means? That I'm simultaneously the luckiest and unluckiest man on the planet? Yeah. There's no laugh, nudge, or any other playful response. Just pacing in the semi-dark hall. No wonder Seth couldn't wait to move out. He heard me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Nothing like discussing her kid to kill the mood. Right now, my lady needs something else, and I'm still the man to give it to her. That's not why he moved out. I say, cupping her shoulders to still her. But if you heard me... He would have too. I'm the worst mother ever. I've probably scarred him for life. You're not. And I'm positive you didn't. How can you be sure? She's so fucking beautiful, staring up at me with wide-eyed vulnerability. There's nothing I wouldn't do to protect her. Burn bridges, knock down assholes, whatever she needs. Including giving her peace of mind even if it costs me. Sweetheart, I heard you because I'm listening. Every minute we're sharing space, I'm tuned into you. That probably makes me sound like a pervy stalker, and if you don't want me here, I'll pack my things. I don't think you're a pervy stalker, and I don't want you to leave. Thank fuck for that, because despite my offer... I would have done whatever it took to stay right here. Also, Seth's setup was on the main floor. With the headphones those gamers wear, there's no way he heard anything. He's an adult with a good job. He moved out because it was time for him to take the next step. You're right. Exhaling, she melts against me when I pull her into my arms. Thank you. I'm here for you, whatever you need. I say, sliding my hand lower to her perfect ass. I'm here to give it to you. The air charges when she tilts her head and meets my gaze. Say the word, and I'll make every fantasy a reality. My rock-hard dick is sandwiched between us, and when she runs her hands over my skin, I instinctively thrust my hips. You have no idea how much I want you. Then show me, she whispers. I scoop her into my arms, claiming her mouth as I carry her. I lay her out on the bed, strip her bare. Her tongue slides over her lips as I shuck my boxers. That promise you made to fill all the holes in my life? I want you to make good on it. I can do a hell of a lot better than good, sweetheart. I gather her wrists in one hand. Cover her with my body and kiss her while grinding my cock on her clit. She's shaking beneath me within seconds, her hands straining against the bond of my fingers. Please, I'll make you come, but I'm not letting you go, sweetheart. Not now, not ever. I crush my lips to hers, stroking my tongue into her hot mouth as I rock faster and harder against her clit. Her moan vibrates through me as she comes, and it takes every shred of self-control not to slide home right now. I release her hands, sparks racing through me when she twines her arm behind my head. Just so you know, I'm clean, and I'm on the pill. Figured we should get the practical stuff out of the way, even if it's not sexy. Everything about you is sexy, including your brain. I'm safe, too. Got checked out after my last relationship ended, and I had a vasectomy five years ago. But I've got condoms. Hair fanned out on the pillow, she tilts her head, but doesn't ask the question I've been answering since I had the snip. She just says, I trust you. Important words from a woman who's been on the shitty end of infidelity. Something she'll never have to worry about with me. That's a promise for later. Right now, it's time to make good on another promise. One more taste of her mouth, then I head south, stopping to inhale near her earlobe. You always smell so good. I get hard every time you're close. You must be perpetually hard, because you seem to end up in my personal space a lot. I chuckle and work my way down, Slipping my hand between her legs as I trace circles around her nipple with my tongue. It's no accident. Her breath catches when I scrape my teeth over her nipples, one and then the other. And when I slide two fingers through her slick heat, she tips her hips and moans. I could make you come like this. I roll my fingers over her clit, but I'm going to fuck you after you come and I need to eat your pussy first. God, yes, get down there, she says, playfully pushing the top of my head, with pleasure. She's spicy sweet perfection, and I can't get enough. Arms looped under her hips, I pull her closer, hold her in place while I eat her out as if she were my last fucking meal. Panting above me, She grabs my head, her fingernails raking my scalp. My rhythm goes to shit as she grinds onto my tongue. Then, the sexy moan I've been jerking off to daily fills my ears like sweet fucking music. I lap at her until her hands fall to my shoulders. Then I climb up her body and kiss her irresistible lips. Gonna do that again after I fuck you. Yes. Please, to both. Such good manners, I say, nudging her pussy with the head of my cock. That's the end of my joking and my restraint. I fill her in one thrust, holding still when I'm buried to the balls. Jesus, you're tight. And so fucking right. Legs around my back, she pulls me deeper, pulls me in with her eyes, too. I could get lost in her so fucking easily. She makes an indescribable sound and digs her nails into my butt. I know what she needs, so I give it to her. Change the angle, stroke her G-spot, grind on her clit while I'm buried deep. Hudson. My name rides her breath as she bucks beneath me, combing around my cock. Flames lick at the base, but I'm not ready for this to end. You're so fucking sexy, baby. Fucking perfect. Tell me what you want so I can give it to you. Flip me over and... She pulls her bottom lip between her teeth, her eyes blazing with need. Fuck my ass. It's a miracle I don't come just from hearing her say it. I kiss her again, then pull out, groaning at the sight of her when she rolls onto her stomach. Lube's in the nightstand. Good, because I plan to bury every inch in your beautiful ass. She watches as I coat my dick. A soft gasp leaves her lips when I drizzle lube down her valley, her eyelids fluttering closed as I massage it over her rim. I breach her tight ring with one finger. She groans and pushes back, taking it all, But given what she's told me about her marriage, I need to be sure. My dick's a hell of a lot bigger than my finger. Feel good. It's not enough? Don't worry, sweetheart. I've got more than enough to satisfy you. I add more lube, then massage her cheeks and pussy until she's relaxed. Until she's humming with need. Spread your ass for me, I say. Taking my dick in hand. Fuck. You're so sexy, lying there, offering your sweet ass to me. It's yours. Fucking right, it's mine. I position myself against her rim and press. Groan as her body resists and accepts at the same time. The sight of my cock disappearing into her ass is almost too much but I can't not watch. She moans as I push deeper, and her hands slide underneath her body. She's rubbing her clit. I can feel it, and she's getting close. I hear it in her hitched breathing. Feel it as she grinds her hips downward onto her hand. Fuck, baby, you're squeezing me out. Then you'll have to fuck me harder, because I'm going to come. Hands curled around her hips. I push deeper deeper, until there's nothing left to give because every inch of my dick is buried. Fuck, baby. I groan as I withdraw and fill her again. Again. The sexiest moan in the goddamn world fills my head as she bears down, riding her hand, moaning my name, coming with my dick buried in her ass. Fuck. I throw my head back and let go. Every pulse, every throbbing second amplified by the tight squeeze of her ass. Oh my god, she says, after I've slipped from her body and rolled us to our sides. That was better than anything I've ever written. Damn high praise from the peachy queen. She moves so quickly, have to think fast to avoid a knee to the groin. How do you know that nickname? Your socials are public. You've got a rep for your hot anal scenes. Her cheeks are hot when she buries her face against my chest. How much did you see? Everything. I could give her a break, but where's the fun in that? Including your recent book inspiration posts. No. Oh, yeah. I tighten my arms around her laughing when she kitten struggles against me. Love your newest hero's name. Judson has a nice ring to it. Kill me now, she says, her groan spurring me to deeper laughing. Can't. Me and your other faithful followers need you to finish writing Judson's book first. I need to know if he gets to eat Mora's ass, like the teaser implies. I know I'm rooting for the guy. She looks up those beautiful eyes of hers meeting mine. You can't read my book. Can and will, sweetheart, just like I can and did with a bunch of the others. You write one hell of a story. I knew I should have hidden my paperbacks. I didn't read your copies. Bought my own. Have to support my favorite author. You're very sweet. I'm very crazy about you, about everything you are, and everything you do. Maybe it's too much, more than she's ready to hear. She'll have to get used to it because there's a lot more I plan to say. She doesn't answer, but this time, when she burrows against me, it's a snuggle, not an attempt to hide. Did you really get a vasectomy at 25? I did. For health reasons? No. I feel my defenses rise, as always happens during this conversation. Strictly personal choice. That's young. I'm surprised the doctor didn't try talking you out of it. They asked if I was sure. I was. Still am. Do you hate kids? She asks, tipping her head back to meet my gaze. Not at all. I just never wanted any. Before the snip, I was engaged. I'd been completely honest about the kid thing. She said she was good with it. Two months before the wedding, she told me she was pregnant. Intentionally. She thought once I found out, I'd realize I'd wanted to be a father, and our happily ever after would include our bundle of joy. What happened? I ended the relationship, had support papers drawn up, I told her I'd take care of them financially, that I'd co parent because it was the right thing to do, but I didn't want that life 24 7. Wow, that's cold, heartless, a total asshole move, and you can't believe you just slept with such a son of a bitch. None of the above. You loved her and had a future planned. It must have broken your heart when she betrayed you. Of course, Laura would understand. Broken trust is the core of betrayal, no matter how it plays out. I did, and it did, but I also felt like a cold, heartless asshole. And I felt like an oblivious idiot who might be overreacting, as my husband accused me of, when I ended two decades of marriage over a thread of text messages. We feel however we feel, and we get to feel however that is. You're amazing. I have my moments of greatness. Her light laughter is a prize, and she smiles when I bring her hand to my lips. Every moment with you is great. Palm cupping my cheek, she looks into my eyes. Into my soul, so fucking tenderly. Do you have a son or a daughter? Neither. She had a miscarriage. She was distraught. I was relieved. The rest is history. You know the good thing about history? It brings us to the present. And I'm pretty happy with my present. Me too, sweetheart. I tighten my embrace, stroking her hair as her breathing settles into a sleepy pattern. Careful not to disturb her, I cover us with a blanket press a kiss to her head. Good night, beautiful. She mumbles something indiscernible, sighs softly, and slings her leg over mine. I'm pretty fucking happy with my present, too. Chapter 5 Laura It's so great of you to come with Hudson. Alana smiles full of phony friendliness as she unlocks the house. Beside me, Hudson coughs to cover a laugh. I know exactly what he's thinking about how great it was when I came with him 30 minutes ago while he fucked me for the second time this morning. He's not wrong. It was great. But nobody can know about the amazing sex we're having. Hudson wanted an unbiased female opinion. I say as Alana ushers us into the foyer. No, I wanted your opinion. He doesn't just follow me, he does so with his palm against the small of my back, a gesture that doesn't go unnoticed. I'm tempted to explain it off as gentlemanly behavior, but anything I say will only draw more attention to the physical contact. The best I can do is put a buffer between us and keep it there, Hudson doesn't make that easy. Every step of the tour, he's at my side close enough that we're touching. Closer than platonic acquaintances should be. Every subtle touch makes me picture all the places he can fuck me. Against the glass wall, in front of the fireplace, bent over the granite countertop. You smell so fucking good. Hudson whispers in my ear while Alana's back is turned. Think we can get her to wait outside while we view the rest in private? Even as I shush him, heat pools low in my abdomen. Sorry, what was that? Alana asks, turning toward us. She tilts her head as I scurry from Hudson. Are you okay, Laura? Your face is all flushed. Wait, I know why. My heart stops hot flash, right? She asks. I'm not menopausal yet, but my sister is, and she's your age. Your age. Whether she meant the words critically or not, they're like a dart to a bullseye. I force a smile. Think I'll step outside for a minute. You and Hudson go ahead and check out the rest of the house. Sure thing, she points toward an archway. That's a home office with French doors to the deck. Thanks. I don't look back, but the weight of Hudson's stare lights up every cell in my body. Joining him for this viewing was a mistake. Any public togetherness will be if we can't control ourselves. I close my eyes and tip my head back as a breeze blows in. Even without seeing the upstairs, I love this property. If he doesn't mind being mortgaged to the tits until he's a sexy silver fox, he should buy it. I would if I could. Beautiful view. The click of a door accompanies his deep voice. I will myself not to look at him. It is. Whether it's calm or wild, Lake Erie is always beautiful. I point toward a dark spot in the distance. That's Long Point. Definitely worth a day trip sometime. Then we'll go. But I wasn't talking about the lake. I was referring to you. His breath tickles my cheek. He's standing so close behind me. Everything okay? He asks, sweeping my hair aside and cupping my shoulder with one hand. Electricity crackles between us as I meet his gaze. You shouldn't be touching me like this. You're right. His eyes twinkle with that irresistible smolder. He moves closer, his solid body pressed against my back as he trails his fingers down my arm, grazing my breast in the process. I should be doing a much better job. Alana could be watching. I shift sideways, putting space between us at the railing. She can't see us like that. Everyone in town will know there's something going on between us if she sees. So what? Last night was incredible, and this morning, and as many other days and nights as you want to spend together in private. But our hooking up can't become public knowledge. That's what you think we're doing. Hooking up. There's no smoothness in his voice now, just hard edges on every word. I'm 45 and you're 30. What else could it be? A relationship. The beginning of a great one. I hold the railing to prevent myself from gravitating toward him. It would be great. Until it ends, because I'm 45 and you're 30. Then I'd be the middle-aged woman who fucked her hot young tenant, presumably to get back at her ex. That's not the way I want my story to go. His jaw clenches, the mouth that looks so good when he smiles becoming a thin, straight line. And I don't want to be your temporary, dirty little secret. Okay. I give him a wide berth as I head for the deck stairs, pausing at the top. It's a gorgeous property, and what I saw of the house is wonderful, if my opinion still matters. It's always going to matter. I wish you believed that. I believe he means it now, but I have to be realistic, not get lost in this fantasy moment. I smile, holding back tears until my back is turned on this perfect man I know it isn't mine to keep. Chapter 6 Laura I've been promising my best friend a visit to her new cottage country digs, and she was more than happy to get my does-now-work call. The time away didn't do much for my aching heart, and I expect Hudson to be gone when I get home. Only, his car is in my driveway. He should be at the office. Maybe he's sick. A knot forms in my stomach, and I hurry into the house, ready to enter caregiver mode, if he'd even accept my help. There's music playing when I enter. Let's give them something to talk about. There's no way that's a coincidence, or that I'll ever listen to it again without a lump in my throat. But that's on me. I'm the one who didn't want to give them something to talk about. My mouth is dry as I follow the music to its source. You're not at work, I say, keeping my distance, though I want nothing more than to cross the room and plaster myself against him. Are you sick? Do you need anything? Yeah, I need you. I can't address his statement without losing my footing, so I ignore it. Externally. Internally? I'll cling to the memory of those words for a long time to come. I thought you might have moved out while I was away. Thought or hoped? Thought, I say softly. Hands in the pockets of his slacks, he closes the distance between us. I'm not the kind of man who'd leave without an explanation. My foolish heart sinks, but I catch it before it bottoms out. I'm an independent woman, a survivor. You don't owe me an explanation. Our last conversation covered everything. Not everything I wanted to say. The knot in my stomach tightens. It wasn't fair of me to leave without giving you that opportunity. You're welcome to do that now. I deserve it. You're right. You do deserve it. I take a steadying breath. Say what's on your mind. I can take it. I hope so, he says, moving closer. He smells as great as I remember, and when he cups my face, everything that's happened since the ill fated real estate viewing five days ago vanishes. I came here looking for a temporary place to stay. The second I saw you, I knew it was going to be a hell of a lot more. More than the physical chemistry. Every day, the connection gets stronger. You walk into the room, and I feel everything click into place. I've made some choices that weren't even choices. I just knew I had to make them, even if they seemed out there at the time. Smaller click moments. Now... I know every one of those things happened to bring me here, to you, to us. I'm so tempted to throw practicality to the wind and get swept away by this incredible man, but... I can't. I cover his hands with mine and slide them from my face. A sob threatens in my chest when he walks out without another word. I did it. We're done. I've gotten through to him, pushed him away for good. White shirt sleeves rolled up, a manila folder in one hand, he strides back into the room. Before our night in bed, I asked you to look at that house with me. I didn't tell you everything, though. I didn't tell you I'd already put a deposit down to make sure nobody swooped in with an offer before we could. Before we could? Why would you do that? I can't do that. You say can't a lot, he says, his sexy smolder finding its home on his handsome face. You're right. I shake my head and smile, because his smile is all it takes to render me happy, if only for this moment. He sets down the folder, then brackets me between his arms. We bought the house. That's not possible. We can't. I can't. I hate to sound like your editor, but you need to use better words. He winks, and I'm powerless to do anything other than laugh until I sigh. You think you're too old for me, but you're not. You think I'm going to get tired of you, but that's impossible. It's not. Fifteen years might seem inconsequential to you today, but with each year that goes by, that number will matter more. You're right, because every year we're together, I'm going to appreciate and value you more. Stroking my face, he looks into my eyes so deeply, my toes tingle. Every day I get with you, I'm going to love you more. Did he just say? You needed time to think, so I waited. But every minute without you was wasted time we should have been together. I had to power off my phone so I wouldn't call you. I asked Seth where you were and almost drove to Muskoka to tell you. To tell me we bought a house together without my knowledge, permission, or money? No, he says, chuckling softly. To tell you I'm in love with you. You're in love with me? Completely. Real deal. All in. Head over heels in love with you. We can sell that house if you don't want it. Find something else or stay right here. Hell, we can live in a box on the side of the road. I don't care where we are as long as you're with me. On my proud fucking arm. Holding my hand. Wearing my ring one day when you're ready i might be crazy to follow my heart but i'm crazy happy when i'm with him a happiness unlike any other better than anything i've created for fictional people i love you too i whisper the admission is like pulling the pin on a floodgate of emotional truth a sob wrenches free and tears blur my view i just realize that I haven't said those words and meant them in such a long time. Do you mean them now? Yes. God, yes. There's no stopping the waterworks once they start, so I let the tears fall as I bury my face against his chest. I'm sorry. We should be halfway to the bedroom, and instead, I'm crying, probably ruining your shirt. He wraps me in a perfect hug his chuckle vibrating beneath my ear. Rune away, sweetheart. You know I don't like wearing shirts. Understatement of the year. Laughing makes the tears disappear. I smile up at him, my arms twined behind his neck. Take me to bed and show me how much you love me. Hope you don't have plans, because that's going to require a lot of time. Grinning, he scoops me off my feet and heads for the stairs. How about the rest of my life? Is that enough? That's perfect, sweetheart. And it is. It really is. This has been Flushing It Out by Carla Doyle, read for you by Veronica Fox.
1: Welcome back.
0: Welcome back, lady listeners. Thank you so much, Carla, for bringing Fleshing It Out to us this week. We appreciate it. We hope you guys loved the entire book in one episode. If you are loving the one episode podcast, send us an email and let us know. ReadmeRomance at gmail.com. So make sure you do that. Up next week, we have Gia Bailey with Owned by the Beast. So it's
1: really cute.
0: I know. It's so cute. I love the cover. It's so awesome. So make sure you check out com, and you can see our upcoming books for the rest of the season. We have actually got the rest of the year scheduled. So from now until February of next year, we have it all planned out, which Damn. is insane. <laughs> know, right? Are we there? Yeah, of we course. are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, the, we're the last book of the year. <laughs> I was okay. like, when's the latest we can go? I was like, oh, December. Great. So sometime before December, we're going to write uh, for it. <laughs> All right. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.